This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Invest Talk. Well, what day is it? Today is the 18th, Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. And we're now in the fourth quarter. We're well into the fourth quarter. So, and you know, we're well into what? I think we had 80 or so of the S&P 500 companies report their earnings. Next week, we'll get a ton of earnings coming out. So next week is going to be interesting. So far, the earnings have not been too bad. And that's why one of the reasons why the market is looking okay. Had an update today, had a big update yesterday. So we'll see how that turns out we, because we got a lot more numbers to come come forward. So, so I'm Steve Peasley. My objective here on, on this radio program and podcast is to help you make the most of your portfolio strategy decisions. And I hope you've made a lot of them because we have been dealing with this bear market since the 1st of January. I think the bear market uh, bottomed uh, in October. Uh, let's see, when did it bottom? I think I wrote it down somewhere here. But it just bottomed not that long ago and is trying to find the bottom. Try, in other words, it's trying to move up, trying to go sideways. And we'll see how successful it is. It's going to be up to the earnings season. If it's better than expected, the market will do okay. If it's worse than expected, the market will continue down. The market already expects the Fed to raise interest rates. So that's kind of already built in. really is. So it's already built in. So this is a call-in show. I respect your phone calls. We're, we're live 24 hours. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, but the phone lines are open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The number is always the same whether we're live or after the show. 888-99-CHART is the number, 888-992-4278. My focus point today, earnings contraction seen, but not a widespread collapse. So we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. As I said, I think it was like 35, 40 companies have reported so far, and they beat their expectations. So, the number of them have anyways, 68.5% beat their expectations, which is, the average is 66, so it's better than average. Not as good as it was last quarter. Time permitting, I'll also get into a few other things. Um, are we tr- are, is the market trying to put in the bottom? How do we know? What are some, there's a couple of really strong indicators that it might be. And I'll talk about those. Bank of America survey sees, says they see capitulation by money managers already made. They've already capitulated. Talk about that. And did you see that article about Exxon abandoning their $4 billion worth of stuff in Russia? Mainly because Putin expropriated it <laughs> so there's issues there we'll talk about that the war is still going on we still have high inflation those things they haven't changed and the fed's still fighting inflation so i think that's just going to continue but those are things i'm going to talk about and time permitting we have some questions we have voice bank questions one for playboy one for netflix uh, another one about bond maturities 
And my trivia question today concerns 401k and other savings plans. So we'll see how the numbers break down. That's coming up at the halfway point. Okay? So I've got all this stuff. And of course, you know you drive the show. It's your calls, your live calls that takes in the direction you want to go. Remember, the number is 888-99-CHART. The Dow was up 338 points today. The Nasdaq up 97. And the S&P up 42. So not a bad day, a decent day after a, a good day yesterday. We always like follow-on days. It always is a positive indicator. But I think we're going to be driven by earnings coming, or a lot of earnings numbers coming out next week. So, anyway, so let's go ahead and take our first caller question right now. Hey, Steve and Justin. Love the show. I've been listening for years. It's been very informative. I have a question about waste management, WM. It's been a pretty solid, non-cyclical industrial that I'd like to add, but it seems a little expensive. Can you give me an entry point on this? Thanks so much. I'll listen on the podcast. It is a non-cyclical, and it has done very well. That's when when, you, when I say cyclical or non-cyclical, everybody, that we're talking about economic cycle. Is it attached? This stock makes it more money or less money because of where we are in the economic cycle. If the economic cycle's weak, the stock goes down because earnings are weak. So that means it's very economically sensitive to the economic cycle. Well, waste management provides waste collection, disposable, recycling services in the United States and Canada. We continue to produce waste, so this is a non-cyclical stock because this company will make money regardless. And you can see by the estimates that it does. So this year, estimate for this year is $5.71, up 18% from last year. Next year, it's going to be to $6.36 a share. That's another 11% gain. Now, because it's non-cyclical and very steady in its earnings growth and sales growth, it has earned a higher P.E. Okay, the stock is $161.12, going to make $6.36. So, you know, that's expensive. Okay, it may not be 30, but it's 25 or so. And a five-year range is 19 to 35. Return equity is very good at 28%. Great cash flow. And you wanted an entry point, okay? Entry point is about 148, 150. That's where you want to get to pick this stock up if you can. Okay, it was up 2% today. So that's where you pick it up, even though it's expensive. For me, it'd be a little too expensive for me to get in. I'd, I'd like to see it, you know, come down. But it may not because it's not so cool and it's very steady. It's a faster-moving Tuesday. The market is constantly changing. You must have a financial investment question that you kind of have answered. Why don't you call? You can remember, you can call us. You set the agenda. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've 
Learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99Chart. Okay, our talking point today the earnings apocalypse has not yet materialized. I don't think it's going to. You want to be on. That's what I think. The truth is, we're not going to have a tremendously terrible earnings season. It's not going to be as good, I'll tell you that, but I don't think it's terrible. So the first crop we've had, you know, in the banking sector, have been pretty good. So, you know, as I said, uh, 68.5% of the companies, of the first 35, 40 companies reported, have beaten their estimates. And usually the average is 66 Last quarter was 78%, beating their estimates of what they thought they were going to come in. So, you know, it has not seen a dramatic collapse. But next week is really tell the story because we have a lot more of the S&P 500 companies reporting. Okay? Now, the S&P 500 growth of earnings is supposed to be 3.6%, but that has been downgraded from 11.1% in July. So in July, we expected 11% growth in earnings, but now they expect 3.6% growth in earnings, and almost all of that is in the energy sector. Energy. Okay, if technology sector, for instance, uh, they think it's going to shrink 4%. Okay, at the beginning of July, it was up, they thought it was going to grow 5.8%. Also, um, uh, let's see, who else? Uh, a number of other sectors are also downgraded that are a little bit negative from being positive. And as I said, it's the energy sector that's holding everybody up for the S&P 500. Now, of course, that won't continue. That does not happen forever. And you know the Fed's raising rates. The Fed wants to slow down the economy, and they will be successful. And remember that old saying, don't fight the Fed. The Fed wants to slow down the company. You have to invest like they will succeed because they probably will. They always do. Very seldom do they not get what they want because they can force it by their monetary and interest rate policy. Okay? So just just saying that earnings are not as bad as they expected, probably won't be as bad as expected, but also earnings always look forward, not backward. Don't look backward. Look forward. Not just the current earnings that we're going to see is going to be more important is what the CEOs say about this fourth quarter. You know, how bad are they going to talk about how bad it is? And I have a feeling money managers have been have targeted a pretty bad quarter. So that could be all built into the market. Could be. Okay, let's go to the Voice Talk, Invest Talk Voice Bank for a listener question that came in earlier. 888-99 chart. Hi, Stephen. Justin, I've been listening for a long time to your show and I've learned a lot. Really appreciate it. Recently sold a house and what I'm doing with the proceeds of the house is I've decided to buy corporate bonds and hold them to maturity. 
Merrill Lynch has a secondary bond market where I buy bonds from people who already owe them. And my question is, when I look at these bonds available on the secondary market, can I trust basically that whether I'm paying above par or below par, and after I pay accrued interest, can I trust that if I just hold that bond to maturity? And if not, can you tell me what to look for when I'm shopping on the secondary market? Okay, thanks very much. Yeah, on the secondary market, you're looking for yield to maturity. Yield to maturity. You're not looking at just the plain yield. Oh, it pays 5%, pays 7%, pays 2%. No, you want it because you you can be paying above par or below par for the bond. Right, par is what they initially issued the bond. For instance, ten thousand dollar bond, five percent for five years. You get exactly that, five percent for five years, and you get the money back. But after the market in the secondary, after the bonds have been issued, people can trade them, and they do. So, the number one item that you're looking at is what is my yield to maturity? How much money, whether I pay above par or below par, will I earn if I hold it to maturity? How much will I eat? How much will my yield per year for that bond? So yield to maturity, that's what you're looking for. Yield to maturity, not just the plain yield. Okay? Very important, very, very important when you buy bonds. Bonds are a little tricky. But, you know, don't buy junk. Try to stay away from junk. Uh, the sweet spot is probably triple B in that area. Uh, I, I, that's where I like to be because you get your most of the, your highest yield, not taking a lot of risk, but just barely above, below uh, investment grade because there's a, most companies don't go bankrupt. You'll still get your money, that kind of thing. Okay, uh, this is from Hold 7871. I have a question about two companies, TGI and ESLT, that I've been watching within the aerospace industry. Both support large prime contractors, but are also leaders in their own products as well. Your thoughts on these? So let's go to just one. I usually can answer just one question. So we'll take, uh, why don't we go ahead and take TGI. TGI. I plug it into all the different, this is uh, Triumph Group, Triumph, manufactures aircraft engine, structural, non-structural composite components, accessories, and assemblies. It's a small company, only $596 million market cap. That's pretty small. They're going to make $0.37, cents, uh, they're gonna make 37 cents 2023 year. They're into that corporate year right now. Last year, 2022, they made $0.80. Cents. This year, $0.37, cents, and next year, $0.73 cents a share. It's a $9 stock. So my problem with this one is sales are going down. They have been going down for eight quarters in a row. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm really not. So uh, it would not interest me. I would not be buying this type of stock. Okay? We're heading into a break. I welcome your financial investment questions, and you can give them in to me now. And no question is too simple or too complex. We'll tackle it. You set the agenda. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. InvestTalk is all about above-average investing for the average investor. And the question is, during a market downturn, 
do dividends stay fairly steady? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. What's your question? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart. Okay, let's go to Gene in North Carolina. Let's talk about yield to maturity. Hi, Gene. Hey, Steve, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I wanted to follow up on the question you just sure. uh, answered about the yield to maturity. Sure. So let's take an example or two examples of bonds in the secondary market. Uh, okay. One bond has a yield to maturity in 10 years of 6%, but okay. the coupon rate, it's paying 7%. Right. So you, so you get your annually or semi-annually, you're getting 7%, but you're paying over – well, let's say $100 is par. You're paying over $100 per par to, to actually buy that bond. Correct. And at the very end, you only get 100 So, the, So the yield to maturity, it's like getting a 6% bond for 10 years, even though you get your coupon is 7%. Is that how it works? That's exactly how it works. And the opposite would be true where, let's say, the coupon rate is 5%, mm-hmm. yield to maturity is 6% again. So you only get paid 5% annually or semi-annually, but you're paying below par. So right. let's say you're paying only $90 for a $100 bond. At the very end of the 10 years, you get paid $100. You get Correct. Essentially, you're, you get paid more than principal, right? That's right. You've understood. The, uh, you made it simpler than I thought it would be. But, yes, you explain both ways, both sides of that perfectly. That's how it works. That's why and, yield and, and maturity is so important. And let me tell you, let me ask you this. this. There sounds like there could be a dangerous situation if the bond is callable. Yes, the now that's all another. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, now and you're, throwing it, in, you're throwing in more complex. Yeah, it gets right. more and more complex, you know, as if the ball is callable. For people that don't know, that means that the corporation that issued the bond may be issued a 10-year bond, but it's callable in five years. And they may say, callable means they can buy that bond back from you at par. They force you to redeem it. Now, That's right. Essentially, you don't determine when you redeem it. It doesn't expire, but they, they can redeem it earlier than 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. let's say you yeah. paid $109, $109 uh, instead of 100 and you get 100 back. But if they call it back earlier, then it sounds like uh, – Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you're, you, you, didn't, you didn't collect that 7%. <laughs> you didn't get what you wanted. For, for, for 12, 10 years. So there's, yeah. there's something I think called yield to worst. Is that the Yeah, term? yield to worst. Yeah, that's when they're callable. That's, and Yeah. Right. See, I, I tried that's not like – uh, you, you, it sounds like you kind of you. It sounds like you understand, Gene, how they work. Problem is, is trying to explain that over the radio. You start introducing the more complex things. It's hard for people to, you know, get it in their head. It's just difficult. But you you explained it perfectly. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Okay. So are we trying to put in a bottom? It seems like we are to me. Okay. It does seem like we're trying to put in a bottom. 
Okay, so how do we know? No one really knows, right? I mean, you just never know. But there are certain things you can look for. For instance, major market bottoms are put in October. They are put in in October. Major bottoms. And what? how often? What's the stat on that? What, how, how many times does it do that? Well, on average, the month of October has put in eight bottoms, where the rest of the months have put in two major bottoms. October has put in eight major bottoms and since 1945. So most of the time, October puts in, by statistically, a far margin than anybody else. Okay? And another stat. The year that there's a mid-year, midterm election, which, of course, this is, every year for the last 19 mid-year, uh, mid-year elections since World War II, every year after the midterm sections, the S&P 500 has been up. The year after the midterm election. So we're having the midterm elections here in November. Then next year, 2023, everything that's happened, every time that's happened since 1943, the stock market is up. Now, does that mean it has to happen this time? No, not even, not even close. Doesn't have to, but those are pretty compelling stats, in my opinion. Pretty compelling. So I think the odds are pretty good. Now. It may come at the end of 2023 that the market rallies, right? It could be have a terrible beginning and middle part of the year. You just don't know, don't know. But the stat is that every time after a mid-year election, every year the S&P 500 is up. Every time since 1945. And there's been 19 periods of midterm elections, and it's been up. Now, we'll see. We'll all see, won't we? It's interesting, though. I like that. You know me. If you listen to this radio any length of time, you know I like the stats. I read the stats. I report the stats. And I always report them with a, you know, a grain of salt because, you know, they never necessarily had to always be true. But I think it's very instructive for people. Now, if you listen to Talk, it's a good bet you're active in the stock market. Do you also have a 401k or some other savings plan? So as we go to break, here's my two-part trivia question. Among working-age individuals, 15 to 64 years old, what is the most common type of retirement account? And how do the numbers break down? I'll supply the answer right after the break. My InvestTalk phone lines is open, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, 
then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is InvestTalk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Before the break, I gave you my trivia questions. Among working age individuals, age 15 to 64, <clears throat> what is the most common type of retirement account, and how do their numbers break down? Okay, while the 401k is one of the best available retirement savings options for many people, just 41% of the workers contribute to one, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. It's pretty staggering number since... There's 68% of the workers have plans, but only 41% actually put money in it. Why don't they? That, that makes no sense to me, but that's what happened. Among working age individuals, 15 to 64, the most common type of retirement account in 2020, 401ks, 34.6%. 18% of the working age individuals uh, uh, contribute to an IRA or a KEO account. 13.5% had a defined benefits cash balance. So, not, you know, I'm surprised it's low. 
I'm surprised it's that low. I would, I would hope it'd be a lot higher. At least people for IRAs, but it's not. Okay, the median value of a 401k. How much money is in it? The median is $30,000. Do you think an IRA is more or less? IRA is almost exactly the same, $30,820. Not really a statistical difference. So, and of course, the older you are, baby boomers, the higher the number of people that have a 401k and putting money in it, the younger you are, the less it is, which is, you know, it's, it, it's kind of obvious. It's too bad because if the younger people put more money in it, they have a heck of a lot more money when they retire if they start early. We pounded on that, ob- that particular point many times, but it's just hard to convince people to do that. Younger people want to spend all their money. They spend what they earn. If you want to be rich and you're young, it's not, there's no magic button, there's no wand, there's no, I'll make it up in Vegas or in a you know, stock market or whatever. The magic wand, that if you want to be rich, is start investing early and keep doing it till you retire. That's it. Spend less than you earn. Just that's it. Spend less you earn and invest the rest. That's it. You'll be rich. But you got to consistently do it. Very difficult for people to do. Very good. So those are the statistics. Let's squeeze in another question caller from 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I was wondering what you think of VF Corporation, um, ticker symbol VFC. It's been beaten down pretty bad along with all the retailers. And I'm thinking this is a good time to pick it up. So I'm want to know what your guys' opinion is. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, the retailers have been beaten up because they're cyclical. They're very, very cyclical. So v, uh, VFC, VF Corporation, manufactures branded jeans wear, outdoor apparel, sportswear, athletic apparel, occupational uh, apparel, that kind of thing. Uh, they make money. They've made money for years and years and years, but it's very cyclical. They're going to make. Uh, they made three dollars nine cents in two thousand and twenty-two. Two thousand twenty-three, <clears throat> they're scheduled to make two dollars and sixty-two cents. Two thousand twenty-four, two dollars and ninety-seven cents, and it's a twenty-nine dollar stock. So if you look at it, you say, "Well, that's a ten PE," and the five-year range is nine to seventy-nine. Looks pretty good. Well, the it could be this could be the time to pick it up. It could be because it's a good strong company. They have good brands. Return equity is thirty eight percent. That's good. Mutual funds have been slowly selling in the last year. Um, the sales have been going down, but they're still in the June quarter. They're still up three percent. So they haven't really experienced the recession yet. And therefore, could the stock go lower because of that? Of course it could. I mean, you know, that, that's one of your dangers. There's a lot of, resport, a lot of support, a lot of support in the high teens, low 20s. I think I'd be patient here. Um, it could be the bottom. If you're really interested in the stock and you want to get in position, I would, you could buy a position here. Just know that it's pretty risky place to get in, but this could be the bottom. No one rings the bell at a bottom or a top. 
but you maybe buy, uh, how about this? Maybe buy a half position and see how see how the Fed does when it continues to raise rates. It's going to slow the economy down, and that will you know that will obviously slow this company's earnings. Sales will probably fall, probably shrink, and I don't know if the price of the stock is built in for that. Don't know yet. Very difficult to tell. Good question, though. Good stock, too. 888.99 chart. Bank of America survey is screaming capital capitulation is in by the fund managers. This is a monthly survey from the mutual fund managers. They have 6.3% of holdings is in cash. That's the highest since 2001. Highest since 2001. I know it doesn't seem like a lot to you, 6.3%. But that's the highest that mutual funds have held cash in two, since 2001. Okay? 49% of the mutual funds are underweight in stocks. 83% of the managers expect global profits to worsen over the next 12 months. They are very negative. They're negative. Now, as a contrarian indicator, does that mean the bottom's in because they capitulated? Is that what that means? See, that's how you interpret that. If they've capitulated and they're sitting on a lot of cash, cash has got to go somewhere. Someday, maybe it's going to go to bonds, but if they're an equity mutual fund, they can't invest in bonds. They've got to put it back in the stock market at some point. So that's kind of bullish, is it not? So it's hard for me to be bearish right at this time. At the same time, I'm skeptical, but I'm not bearish. I'm more on the bullish side. Now, it could be a bear trap, too. <laughs> See, this is, this is the language of the stock market. It can get very, very convoluted and confusing. It just is. You have to learn how to go with a punch, you know, what it is. The seasons are always changing, everybody. It's starting to get cold, colder weather on the East Coast. Uh, not yet here on the West Coast, but doesn't mean we're going to have less volatility or more volatility, but I think we're just going to have the same amount of volatility, which has been high. you got to pay attention. we all got to pay attention. So it might be worth a minute or two to, take a, to tell you what, what some of the benefits of my company and Justin, my and Justin's company can provide at KPP Financial. We're based in Irvine, California between Orange County and L.A., in Southern California, between San Diego and L.A., in Orange County, in Southern California. There is an Orange County in New Jersey. I know there is. Been there. So that's why I got to say Southern California. I don't know if there's any other Los Angeles County. I don't think so. Anyways, let me remind you that here on Talk at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And so we implement that by providing un unbiased guidance. Okay, we really like to, uh, to, to provide unbiased guidance. We also like to pr practice parallel investing, meaning we like to buy the same things for our, for our clients as we do for ourselves. ourselves. Same stock, same percentage, same everything. Okay, you have to forgive me, my voice is a little scratchy today. Um, I think after one phone call with us, let us take a look at your portfolio. In about 10 minutes, I think you'll come to the conclusion that we're a little bit different than everybody else. We can do it via, we can take a look at your portfolio for free. We can do it via the telephone, Skype, go to meetings. Be happy to do it. Send a message to uh, vesttalk.com. Tell us what you want to do and 
we'll make it happen. Or you can call our office if you want at, in Irvine, California, KPP Financial. So we can help you. We want to help you. Let us help you. You know, we'll do it with no obligation. We not. We are not going to talk and try to talk into anything. We don't do that. We really don't. Okay. Uh, you know, let's find another iTunes review question. Here's one from a guy named Ferguson. I'm curious about exact sciences. A close relative speaks highly of them, and they're down significantly from the 2021 high, which I know is not a good basis to make an investments decision. But it sounds like they'll be profitable in the coming years. Is there much competition in, in iron in non-invasive cancer screening? So let's take a look at it. EXAS. I have a relative who's in this, into this. Works for a company. Develops molecular diagnos- diagnostics for the early detection of uh, collateral pan- pancreas cancers and that kind of thing. Doesn't make money. He's never made money. He's lost money for years and years and years and years and years. Sales are going up about 20% the last couple of quarters, which is positive. It's a $6.2 billion company not making any money. So sales are going up, but they're still losing money. They're going to lose $4.31 this year. They lost $3.48 last year. Next year, they're going to lose $3.33. So how do you know how to evaluate the company? Management owns 1%. Mutual funds have slowly sold off in the last year. Uh, this would not be a company that I'd be interested in because I'd like to buy companies that make money. This company's been around for years and years and years. Sales are going up, but they haven't turned a profit yet. It doesn't look like they're going to turn a profit anytime soon. So it's not for me. not something I'm interested in. And I don't think you should either. Let's keep moving and go back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen, Justin. I uh, love your show. My question today is about energy stocks, um, particularly oil. I currently hold a position in Chevron, CVX, and Devon Energy, DVN. And for most of the year, these have been my top performing stocks. Given there's been a lot of news about oil lately, especially with the situation in Russia, the price of gasoline and OPEC plus cutting production. I was just kind of wondering if there are any good indicators in the market, indicators that might suggest me to kind of hold these stocks and ride my position out, or what the bad indicators might be, things where I might want to kind of think about taking the profit and cutting my position short. I'd love to hear your thoughts, and I love your show. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Well, KPP has a position in CVX, and we're holding on to it. Uh, CVX Chevron Corporation engaged in exploration, uh, production, refining, marketing of oil and, and gas in the United States worldwide. $318 billion company, huge. Uh, they're going to make $18.47 a share this year from $8.29 a share last year from losing $0.25 cents a share in 2020. Next year, they're going to make sixteen ninety four. so earnings are going to go down. It's a $162 stock. That means the P.E. is about 9. Five-year range is 8 to 76. So it's still low-priced. Sales are pretty much skyrocketing. Uh, I don't think these stocks will really do poorly until and unless 
Russia gives up their ambition to take over Ukraine and beg everybody in the world to forgive them and let and please buy my oil. They're going to have a hard time selling their oil on the open market. Okay, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Plus, these stocks are not overvalued. They've gone up. They've done very well, but they're not overvalued. So I would not hold. On, I would not sell them. Just not yet, anyways. Um, the bad thing. Well, we're moving toward electric cars, right? We're going to move and continue to move to electric cars. Okay, so that is going to make demand less eventually. But not demand's only going to rise in the next 10, 15 years. Demand's going to rise, not shrink. Because the rest of the world, there's lots of parts of this world that wants to use oil and natural gas, that want to become a first world country like us who have oil and natural gas and use it. So the demand is still going to be there. As much as everybody likes electric cars, yes, that, that phenomena will continue and it will grow. But worldwide, demand for oil will go up for at least 10 years. Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, uh, Exxon said they left Russia completely after Putin stole (laughs) all their properties. Following seven months of discussion over an orderly transfer of their 30% stake in the several major oil projects. That's about $4 billion that Exxon has to walk away from. So Putin expropriated it, and Exxon's walking away. They have no uh, alternative. They have no, no other way to go about this. Why anybody would invest too much money in Russia? Why Europe would rely on Russia for their energy needs never made sense to me. Never. They are, uh, they are, they don't, they don't follow the rules of international law or their own law for that matter. They just do what they want. And it's very similar, you know, to, to China can do the same thing. Don't think they can't. They can. It's a communist country, just like Russia. And, and their mindset is everything is owned by the government. We own it. You don't own it, even though you own it right this minute, you may not own it tomorrow. See, you can't rely on their system to be fair and uh, even playing field. Doesn't happen. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, our work will, the work will continue right after this break, so get your questions in 888 99 chart. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, Josh from Tampa calling. I just had a question about Full Corp, ticker P-O-O-L. I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts are. It's come down a fair amount. And I was just wondering if this is a good time to buy or if you guys can recommend a good price point or what your thoughts were. Thanks. Happy day. Bye. Okay. This is Pool Corporation, P-O-O-L. Operates 398 pool equipment and supply centers in North and South America, Europe, and plans to open 8 to 10 more this year. Okay. So probably already 
done it. It's a $12 billion company. It's not small. Uh, they make, uh, they're going to make 1881 a share this year and then 1818 next year, a $318 stock. So it'd probably be pretty cyclical. I, I'd have to look into it, but I would think so because of, you know, um, uh, you know, economic cycle going down, probably people spend less money on their pools, but they got to keep, you got to maintain the pool even in it's in a recession. So Maybe not too cyclical, cyclical. Maybe not. They're growing their earnings pretty steadily. They have in the last two years, anyways, every quarter. Most recent quarter, 15%. Before that, was 30%. I would expect their earnings growth to slow. And I think that it's a bit, um, let's see, the range of their P is 16 to 46. And it's a $318 company. It used to be well over 500 Okay, so $318 per share, and if I divide that by next year's earnings, I'm going to get a forward-looking P.E. of 17, and that's kind of where it is, and their final low is 16. So they might find lots of support right in where they are because of that. So this is one of those you could stick your toe in, but I don't know if I jump in with a full position at this point, because we really haven't seen the damage from the Federal Reserve's rate increases done to the economy yet. They haven't seen the damage. The damage hasn't really come forth. But there's a lot of indicators saying that we may have put in a bottom. So it's one of those times which, you know, you might want to, if you roll a dice and buy a company like this, if you have a mindset, I'll just hold on to it because eventually they'll come back, you'll probably be fine. If you think it's just going to bounce right back up and go up to $500 a share, and therefore, no, it's probably not going to do that. Not going to do that. Okay? Good luck. Hope it works for you. Okay, uh, we're looking at a clock and getting down to the wire here. Let's take one more call. Um, uh, let's, let's go ahead and play it now. Yes, uh, good morning. My name is Sayed. I'm calling you from Chicago. I'm calling to find out about the stock credit Swiss, C, Charlie, and S, C, S. I see it's pretty low, 52-week low. What do you think about it? Is it a good time to buy? It doesn't pay that much dividend, but what do you think uh, it is a good stock to purchase? Thank you very much. Uh, no, I don't. Credit Swiss Group, it's a Swiss company providing private banking, investment banking, and wealth management uh, it's an $11 billion company, but they lost money last year. Gonna, they lost money last year. They're going to lose money this year. Next year, they're scheduled to make $0.62 cents a share. And if that comes true, you know, this is a $4.71 stock. That means it's fairly cheap. There's no PE now because they don't make any money. And they have lots of debt. Uh, management doesn't own uh, a significant percentage of the company, does not. And there's only 80 mutual funds uh, a year ago, today, there's only 71 mutual funds. Sales are shrinking. So there's not a lot of positive aspects other than it's a low-priced stock. Well, a low-priced stock meaning low price what? Compared to earnings? Well, there's been no earnings. So it's just low price because it's only $4.71. But that doesn't mean you should buy it. Now, it's going to be very volatile here. I mean, because it's a cheap price. It goes up $0.10 cents you know, that we're talking about 
two and a half percent. Goes up forty cents. That's ten percent. So you know, so I, I would I would stay away from it. I, I there's much better banks out there, much better. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. Get your download anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And by the way, our official Talk downloads count has now crossed 46 million. Thank you very, very much. Please be sure to review and rate us if you listen and download on iTunes. And it helps our profile, everybody. You know it does. So we appreciate that if you do. Independent thinking, share success. This is Talk. Have a good night. Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.